my heart is to communicate firstly the problem because to understand Jesus we must understand why he came. We must understand why he is the only one to the Father. We must understand his teachings. We must understand the problem that exists for us to understand the hope, the victory. Otherwise it makes no sense. And we're going to tackle that today and I hope I do it clearly for all of us. But uh, if you're with us here for the first time, if, this is, if you're new to this environment, maybe you know you get to discover this person called Jesus. My name's Greg and I just really want to welcome you today. I hope you, what I share has some meaning, has some purpose to you. Um, and one of the ways in which we just do welcome people is just to give you a little pack which has a, a coffee voucher in it and a little sort of DVD about who we are just as a community. So if you're with us here for the first time, whether you're uh, out of town, you know Jesus, you don't know Jesus, give me a, just a quick wave and one of our guys will get those packs to you. And you can feel free to, hi, welcome guys, use those packs or use the, the voucher anyway uh, just after the service. So if you're with us for the first time, if you don't get one for whatever reason, uh, there's just some out there in the foyer as well, feel free to, to grab one of those. But I want to answer two questions today. The first question is, why is Jesus the only way to God? Why is he? Because people say there are multiple ways to him, multiple ways to, the, to God. You know, there's a whole variety of religions, and there are a whole variety of religions, but Jesus himself said there's only one way to my Father. And, you know, God is not a God of confusion. He doesn't intentionally try and confuse us. He wants us to know him. We've been created to know him. So if, why would God purposely create multiple ways to him to create a whole lot of confusion? Because if you look at the world today, there's so much confusion and it's not funny. Wars have started over different religions, different belief systems. Why would a loving father create multiple ways back to himself knowing it's going to confuse his children that he loves? So I want to ask us a question. I want to give you an analogy of this. How many of us are parents here today? How many of us want to be parents here at some stage? Okay, I have two children. Think about this. As a loving parent or parents who have created this beautiful life, a little boy or a girl, would you, as a mum, after just giving birth to this beautiful child, knowing what you've gone through, waiting in anticipation of the life of this child, you've named the child, you've maybe decorated the bedroom, you've, built, you've bought everything needed to bring this child home, it's going to be the first child in your family. Would you, mums, after giving birth, decide to leave your child in its cot and bring in a whole lot of other parents, let's say ten, and line them all up with you and your husband in that line and say, right, now I want you to pick which one's your parent. You wouldn't do it, would you? Why? Because you'd run the risk of the child not picking you. It makes no sense. Absolutely none. You would not run the risk of your own child that you have waited for, created, built with a purpose, built with intention, to be in the most intimate relationship with you forever. You would not run the risk of that. 
So why would a loving father who has created humankind for relationship, for eternity, do it? He wouldn't and he hasn't. There are not multiple ways to God. There is one. And it's through his son. The second question we're going to look at is why did Jesus come to earth to give up his life? Why would you choose to leave a place of eternity, a place of perfection, joy, peace, just absolute beauty and majesty? Why would you choose to leave sorry, that environment and come to a world, especially a world that looks like this? You can show our first clip, Mike, that'd be great. why would you leave your place of unconditional love? No heartache, no sense of pain, no abuse, no violence, no neglect, and choose to come. Well, to understand these answers to these questions, that why he is the only way to God, and why he came we must understand the problem because if we don't understand the problem we will never see our need for him him being our solution and so two areas that I want us to understand firstly is one the nature of God what is the nature of this person called God or Yahweh 
And what is this nature of man? A fallen nature of man. And so let's have a look at the nature of God first. God is a God. He is love. We know that He is love. He doesn't just love, He is it. He's the source of love. God is a God of grace and mercy. He encompasses this whole being. He is this very source of it, of life, meaning, purpose, creation. But Father God, Yahweh, is also a God of justice. He's also a God of holiness, righteousness, perfection, perfection personified. So we have these aspects, this completeness of this loving, gracious, merciful Father. But at the same time, He's also a righteous, blameless, perfect being. Holy, pure. So much purity that there's no, not an inch of darkness in Him. There's this incredible being that spoke life into being, who has always existed. And so we see this beautiful nature. Let me just read you just some truths about him. Who is like you among the gods? As I said, there's many gods. People believe a whole lot of things. Who is like you among these gods, O Lord? Who is like you? Majestic in holiness. Awesome in praises. Working wonders. Here's another one from Psalms. God is a righteous judge. And a God who has indignation every day. Another one of David's Psalms. Your righteousness is like the mighty mountains. Your justice like the great deep. The God of creation, the God of this universe, Father, Yahweh, is a picture of absolute perfection. Absolute perfection. Who created this creation perfect. And so why do we see clips like that? Why do we see it all around us? Why do you travel and just see absolute poverty? Why, when we open our newspapers, do we just see utter disgust in our papers of children being molested, raped, people being murdered, wars happening around the world? Why? I'm going to suggest to you today because of the nature of man. I want to paint two pictures, the nature of God and the nature that lives in every single one of us as followers, not of, as followers. This fallen nature. The Bible describes it firstly as iniquity. You say, Greg, what on earth is iniquity? Iniquity means lawlessness. means that I want to do my own thing. And I did that. For 29 years, trying to do my own thing. I want to be in control of my own life. I actually really want to be God. My nature wants to determine a whole lot of things. That's why you have clips like that. Because man wants to be God. Man wants to be in control. We all want to be in control of our own destinies. Not submitted to the God of the universe. This perfect God. 
And so we have this thing called lawlessness that exists in us. We all want to determine if we're being honest, and can we be honest this morning, right and wrong? I wanted to control me. I wanted to determine what right and wrong would be, and nobody was going to tell me otherwise. Why? Because I'm in control of my own life. I didn't create myself, but I'm in control of my own life. We'll get to that a bit later. Listen to what this great man called David, that his followers we know about, King David, he said, Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. You see, we talk about sin a lot, but the reality is sin is just the outworking of our iniquity, a nature that wants to be in control, which causes us to sin. He said, behold, I was brought forth in iniquity. We're born with this nature. And it wants to manifest itself. And Romans 5.12 says, Therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world that we know as Adam, and death through sin, and so death spread to all men, because all have sinned. Once again, let me paint you this beautiful picture. Holy, perfect, pure, righteous, love personified, mercy, grace. Let me paint you this picture. Darkness, evil, sin. Wanting to be in control, wanting to be God. Not perfect, not blameless. But we say things like, as long as I don't hurt anyone, it's okay. That's the greatest cop-out and the greatest lie. I said that plenty and hurt a lot of people. Because my nature wanted to be in control. And we're all tainted with it, whether we like it or not. It lives within us. You say to me, Greg, but I'm a good person. I'm good. I do good things. I give to World Vision. I support the Cancer Society. I do all these things. I'm good in my workplace. I work hard. I'm a good person. I don't hurt anyone, not intentionally anyway. Well, can we have a bit of a laugh today? Can I test your theory on how good you are? Is that all right? Two people said yes. Can those two people come forward, please? I need to know who I'm speaking to. Let's see how good we all are, eh? How many of us, if we're being honest, have ever told one lie? Okay. How many of us have ever stolen anything? Even if it's just a pen from work that you never asked for. Extra photocopy paper. All right, that's a good strike rate so far. How many of us have ever committed adultery? Look at that, that's incredible. Gentlemen, have we ever looked at another woman with lust in our heart and been married? And you know what that is? It's like this. Damn, she's hot. It's not 
chasing after, it's not giving you your number, it's a look that you hold and you start entertaining some things. How many men have done that? Well, no, the rest of you just told me you're liars, so come on, guys. <laughs> Ladies, when Sonny Bill took off his shirt at the Rugby World Cup, <laughs> how many of you wanted him to keep the shirt off? We know you're an all black, you don't need to put it on. You see, now when you judge yourself by your own standard, maybe I haven't killed anyone or raped anyone or murdered anyone or beaten anyone up lately. We're all probably pretty good. But when we actually just compare ourselves to God's standard, we all fail. And the Bible says, and God actually says, you know, you only have to fail once and you fail the whole lot. Once. Man, once is the mark. How high is this order of perfection? It's very high. It's extremely high. And we all miss it. We all miss it. Why? Because of this nature that is at work within us that we have a fallen nature. And we have to understand and come to an issue that this is an internal issue, not an external one. It's not about being good or bad. It's about being perfect. And if anyone tell me they're perfect, then please, I'd love to hang out with you and find out how you do it. But you see, it's a nature that wants to be in control. And because it wants to control we actually created God in our own image. And that's what man is great at doing. We create the God in our own image. One, why? So we can feel comfortable. Two, that we will not face any consequences. That God would never judge us for anything. That God tells me I can live the life that I want to live and be in control without any fear of anything. So I can justify my existence on earth. But you know what you get when that happens? You get my story. Do you know 85% of the world's population lives under the poverty line? It earns $2 a day. That is disgusting. 85% of God's people live under this poverty line. Why? Because of this nature. The rich could solve the world's problems tomorrow. You and I actually could if we didn't have this nature. You go to India and you see a family living under a motorway, 10 kids, and your car tire is this far from their head and they're sucking in the exhaust. Why? Because of this nature. Messes you up. This nature that wants to be in control. But here's the problem. Is that we are the creation, we're not the creator. You and I have been created. And so I have some other questions. Did you alone choose to be born? How anyone chose here to be born? Anybody? No. Did man create himself? No. I love 
sharing this analogy of this, my watch on my wrist. Because my watch is the creation. There's someone who has created the watch called the creator of the watch. And the creator of the watch spent time thinking about this creation. The intricacies of it. The detail of it. What the watch was going to need to function and function properly. And so the creator of the watch put that design and those blueprints into order and started to go and build the watch. Now I don't know about you, but the watch didn't tell the creator how to build it. The watch doesn't say, you know what, I don't need these bits on here, so take them off me. Because as soon as the watch starts doing that, the watch doesn't start to function the way it was designed to function. It's dysfunctional. It's broken down. And that's no different to us. We try and tell the Creator how we're going to live. We try and tell the Creator of this design, the blueprints, this pattern of what it means. Don't tell me how to live. I'm going to determine right and wrong. I'm going to determine what's truth and what's not truth. I, 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 I. Why? Because of the problem. What's the problem? We have a fallen nature that wants to be God and wants to be in control. And God knows that. So I'm hoping we can all see the problem. Why is there only one way to God? We're going to discuss that because Jesus is the only one that could come and perfectness and redeem us back. Why did he leave his place of absolute peace, joy, beauty? Because of love. Because of love in his heart. Because of the Father's love for you and I. All people. Every single person. Love compelled him to come. Love controlled him to come. Incredible love that we really struggle to understand, but he was the perfect sacrifice. You see, it had to be a perfect sacrifice to release imperfection. An imperfect sacrifice cannot cleanse an imperfect person. Can it? It had to be him and only him. Because he's the only one that's perfect and the only one who was raised from the dead. Listen to what Hebrews, which is a book in the Bible, says in Hebrews seven twenty three to 26. There have been many of those priests. These are priests that have gone before. Since death prevented them from continuing in office. But because Jesus lives forever... Thank you, Father. He has a permanent priesthood. Therefore, he is able to save completely those who come to God through him. That come to God through him. Not Allah, Buddha, evolution, reincarnation. No, through him and him alone. Because he always lives to intercede for them. He's alive. Jesus is alive. Not dead. He's living. And you can have a living relationship with him if you choose to. Such a high priest meets our need. Now here we go. Who, one who is holy, blameless, pure, 
set apart from sinners, me and you, exalted above the heavens. Without Jesus Christ at the core of our lives, we remain separated from our Heavenly Father. Man remains separated because of this nature that wants to be God, this imperfect nature, because you can't have imperfectness and perfectness mixing together because then you have imperfectness. It doesn't work. The reason you can't go to heaven in your imperfectness is because you could pollute heaven. If you turned up with what's in you, what's on that screen, there wouldn't be a place called heaven of purity, would there? A joy of holiness, majesticness. No, all you'd have is that again. Am I making sense? So you can't go there in your imperfect state because you'd pollute it. And a loving Father won't allow it. And we have to come to terms with that. But if we are found in this imperfect nature, which is wanting to be in control, wanting to be God, on the, God, on the day of judgment, there is a day of judgment coming. Hollywood knows about it. They've made movies about it. We're asleep to it. We go and watch these movies and it's just a movie. No, they know some truth and they're communicating it. There's a day of judgment coming and we will all have to face a holy, pure, loving God and be judged accordingly without excuse. Listen to these scriptures. John 3, 35 to 36. The Father loves the Son and has given all things into His hand. He who believes in the Son has eternal life. Good news. But he who does not obey the Son will not see life but the wrath of God abides on him. John 5:24. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who hears my word, these are the words of Jesus, and believes him who sent me, the Father, the one God, has eternal life and does not come into judgment, but has passed from death into life. John 8:24. The words of Jesus again. Therefore I said to you that you will die in your sins for unless you believe that I am He you will die in your sins. Revelation 20, 11-15 Then I saw a great white throne and Him who sat upon it from whose presence earth and heaven fled away and no place was found for them. And I saw the dead, the great and the small standing before the throne and books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged from the things which were written in the books, according to their deeds. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and Hades gave up the dead which were in them. And they were judged, every one of them, according to their deeds. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire, This is the second death, the lake of fire. And people say to me, Greg, how can a loving, merciful God, Father, send people into a place of eternal damnation? A lake of fire? How can a loving Father do that? He doesn't. We send ourselves there. Why? Because we reject His Son. 
He's created the way he gave his son, his one and only son, the greatest love gift that any person can receive. He doesn't want us going there. That place was for Satan and his angels, not for mankind. And so he sent his son. How many of you would send your son for someone you didn't know? Not too many of us, neither me, would give up Madeline or Lily and as a sacrifice for people I do not know. Never mind people I do know, but the God of the universe did. He sent Jesus Christ, his one and only son, perfection personified for imperfection mankind. And so he doesn't want anyone going there, but it will be some people's reality. Why? Because we reject the gift. And so it's our choice. You send yourself there. And that's a hard pill to swallow when we want to be God and determine what right and wrong is because we want to be in control. But here is the good news. So if you're feeling a little bit down on it now, here's the great news. Here's what today is about. That Jesus died and rose again to give life to all those who would choose him and him alone. Listen to these words in John 10, 9, 10. The words of Jesus. I am the door. If anyone enters through me, he will be saved and go in and out and find pasture. The thief, the devil comes only to steal, kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Not only in eternity, but now on earth. He came to, if you would come in and through him, you'll find pasture here on earth now. Live a life of victory now, of life for others to see. Incredible. John eleven twenty five twenty six. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even if he dies. I love that. Life after the grave. You don't die when you die. You don't come back as a cat or a dog and get stroked. You come back as who you are in spirit form. We are made in His image. We are spirit. And some go to a place called Hades, hell, waiting to be judged. And others go to a place called Paradise where Christ is, waiting to be judged. And we determine where we go. And Jesus said, I am the resurrection on the life. If you come through me, you will have life even though your bones are in the ground. Because your spirit, we're a spirit. That's why, anyone seen a dead person? And you know they're not there. When I looked at my father, my father was a follower of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. 50 odd years, 55 years. And he came to know Christ. And I looked at him, and he wasn't there. Because he was there. I was just looking at this plastic mannequin. I knew it was my father physically, but it was not Alan Douglas Simnor. Because he'd been and gone to be with his creator in paradise. And that is great news. There is hope. We're only here for 75, 80 years if you're lucky. And then if you choose Jesus, you get to spend your eternity in this place called heaven. New heaven, new earth. Peace, joy, life. Where a lion would lay down with a cat.
or a sheep. No more abuse. Perfection personified. John 17.3 This is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God. This is Jesus speaking of his Father. They may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. In John 3.16 For God so loved you and I, that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send the Son to the world to judge the world, but that the world might be saved through him. Look, if you're with us here today and you don't know him, I, can I apologize on behalf of the church, which is God's people, if you've been judged, if you've been slandered, if you've felt the, this poison of this judgmental spirit that lives in people, can I apologize to you and ask you to forgive us as his people, if we've painted an incorrect picture of our Lord Jesus, because that is not him. That is not the one that we worship. That's this nature that continues to live in us, that we are trying to overcome through his power, through his blood, because we're all imperfect, trying to live a life that's worthy of our Lord Jesus Christ. So please forgive us, and don't let that stop you from discovering truth. I hear that all the time. The church did this, the church did that, the church did this. He's not the church, he's the creator. And his love is perfect. God wishes and desires that no one perishes. No one. That's why he's holding back his hand right now. Because he sees everyone and as hard as it, no one would end up in that place of eternal damnation, eternal fire accept his son today. And I want to finish on this. And If today was your last day on planet Earth, which none of us know, none of us know when our lives are going to end, but if it was your last day today on planet Earth, could you say with complete confidence, knowing for certain that your eternal destiny was secured, that you'd accepted this person called Jesus Christ to cleanse you from your imperfect nature. Because that's why he came. He stands above the earth like an umbrella. And his nature, when we accept him, we become perfect, we become cleansed, we become whole. And so when the Father, this righteous, blameless, pure Father, looks down on earth, he sees me through the eyes of his Son and sees a perfect being. That's what grace is about. I can't earn that. It's not deserved. But I'll grab it. Why? All because of love. Can you say that today? Can you say that with confidence that you know that you know that you know that you have accepted Jesus as your Lord and your Saviour, the Redeemer of mankind to make you whole? And if not, can I invite you today to accept him. Accept this incredible gift, this perfection gift. And Jesus says, I promise I will walk with you. I will never leave you on earth, he's talking about. I'll never forsake you. There is nothing that can separate you and I 
if you would accept me. This nature still wants to be in control. Even that, that doesn't stop this love. Because you're cleansed. You're washed in the blood. You're washed, and that means you're washed in the life of Christ and the resurrected life. It's freedom. Jesus came to bring mankind freedom. And I don't know about you guys, but I look around the world and there ain't too much freedom. It's getting darker and darker. But can I speak to the church right now? We are to be the light. And as the world gets darker, we are to be getting brighter and brighter and brighter because we know the one, Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And so I'm going to ask you to take a step and maybe it's your first step of faith today and I want to ask you to stand. If you're here today and I was to ask you, if God came down and said to you, have we got this thing nailed down? Do you know that you know that you know? If you're ready to receive him, and I mean this, if you're ready to receive him, you'll know if you're ready. I'm not trying to manipulate anything. I'm not trying to, I'm not going to get the guys up playing some music. We try and, you'll know if you're ready. Jesus said, I will draw all men unto myself. And when you're being drawn, you're being drawn. It's almost like you don't even need to make a decision. Your legs start moving. <laughs> And so can I ask you to stand? You said, Greg, that's me. It came to me 14 years ago. I decided that's it. I'm bowing my knee. I'm letting go of the control of my life. I've made a mess of it. <laughs> and I'm giving it to you. Just stand now. That's you. And let's pray a very simple prayer. Simple, but it is deep and has a real powerful meaning. And you'll be saved, what the Bible calls saved. You'll be cleansed by his blood. And then you start a journey of discovering who he is. Is there any person here today that says, that's me? You're speaking to me. And my heart's going, go, 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 go. <laughs> Thank you, Father. Thank you, you are the giver of life, the author of life. Thank you, Jesus, when we come to you, not only is our eternity secured, but our life here on earth, we will move through a place of abundance. Knowing you, purpose, meaning. You came to save mankind from itself. And you're returning, Father. No one knows the hour, no one knows the date, but we are to be aware of the signs. And there are plenty of those, Lord. And so, Lord, I ask you to draw us to you if we don't know you today by the power of your Spirit. I just want to say it one more time. Is there anyone here? Don't let fear stop you stepping up. If you know, don't reject them. Accept the offer. And you can do that any time. If it's tomorrow you feel God prompting it, you can do it. Just ask Him to forgive you and ask Him to come into your life. Just say, thank you for your son. I accept the love. Please forgive me from my past. 
by the way he forgives you your past, your present and your future and come into my world if you ask with faith the Bible says you're saved confess with your mouth and I believe you'll encounter God for the first time so Lord we just uh, want to thank you for your son Jesus I want to thank you for the abundant life he brings I want to thank you Lord God that you didn't leave us in this state of imperfection but you created a way back to you so God as the church of your son Jesus just continue to help us to to live for you to let go of ourselves and to serve you Father that our friends, our family even people we do not know would see you in us may we represent you well Lord Jesus and be a light in this world let's just maybe stand and just finish on
Father, we pray for all those that may not know you, Lord, are living their life void of your reality. We pray, Father, for them. We lift the world up to you today. And we ask, Lord, that you would draw all men and women and children to yourself. We know you're returning. Father, we know that you're returning for your church. We know you're returning to establish your kingdom on this earth. And we know you're returning, Lord, to judge the world. And our heart is that no one, no one, would find themselves at that white throne judgment where they will be without excuse and their mouths will be closed because they're standing in front of a holy, righteous, pure God. So Father, give us a greater heart for people. Give us a greater heart of compassion and love to open our mouths and share Jesus today. Respectfully and gently with the power and the authority of your Holy Spirit because we love people like you love them. Thank you for your son. Thank you that you're returning. In Jesus' name.